Welcome to our Love Lansing podcast, provided by the Lansing State Journal, part of the USA Today Network. I'm your host, Kelsey Pence, and I'm here to fill you in on what's coming, what you missed, and what you need to know if you truly love Lansing like me. Today, we're making this episode more of a Love Michigan podcast. That means I'm welcoming back my favorite Michigan tourism reporter, Kathleen Levy. How are you, Kathleen? I am super great, and fall in Michigan is beautiful. It is. I will not disagree with you there. You published a pretty interesting story this week about a unique museum that is housed inside a working prison near Jackson, Michigan. First of all, why is there a museum inside a prison? Well, this prison has a lot of history. Jackson has hosted a prison in Michigan since um, like the 1830s, so almost 180 years. And this particular cell block is part of a very large prison complex that has probably 14, 12 to 14 cell blocks um, back in the day. And they've been kind of downsizing that a little bit and modernizing some of the facilities. And so this uh, cell block is empty. And so they were looking for something to do with it and said, well, let's bring some people in. Let them see it. So what kind of art is in this museum? Is there art? Or? Well, there is some art. There's an installation right now that goes through the end of October um, by some local Jackson artists. And the theme is dis slash comfort. So they could pick discomfort or comfort as their theme. Ah. So some of the cells on the ground floor have art installations inside of them. And, and the some of them depict, you know, kind of what might happen if you were in prison and missing every holiday and kind of things like that. It's really food for thought. So what kind of stories can you see inside this museum? Well, there are some very interesting stories that came out of, um, first of all, the the whole, the cell block in itself is a story because basically mm-hmm. we're talking about classic prison where there's five stories of cells on either side, giant gates that the guards can close every cell at one time. And it's just this fluorescent light humming sound kind of you're looking at it going this would not be a great place to spend a number of years so so that's one thing it's just kind of overwhelming circumstance of it but then there also been some really interesting things like um in 1975 i believe it was there was an escape where this guy named dale otto remling uh convinced somebody on the outside to hijack a helicopter and come in and get him and it worked wow (laughs) But unfortunately for Mr. Remling, they were only free for about 30 hours. Um, Some of his accomplices were caught right away, and he was captured in Leslie, in a bar in Leslie, um, and just said, okay, well, it didn't work out, went back to prison. It almost did work out. 30 hours in a helicopter? I feel like that's a crazy escape. Yeah, he was then convicted of federal charges for... um, hijacking the helicopter and wound up serving more time in a federal penitentiary for that i would imagine a helicopter jailbreak would (laughs) cause you to get some time tacked on so why is the history what is the history of um the jackson prison i feel like there's a lot of you said in your story it was a unique correct there was there is an old prison that was the first prison was like a wooden prison and it burned down or got torn down or whatever um the next one was built in the 1880s and it is now turned into apartments and art studios Ah. So you can tour portions of that. They still have an old recreation of a solitary confinement cell. And the the yard and the walls and the towers are all still there. So that's kind of neat. And then you can go to cell block seven and kind of see the more modern prison installation, um, which has its own character and is, you know, kind of scary if you're thinking about it. So what was it like for you to tour this museum? Well, this was really kind of interesting for me because I went and did an interview inside the prison where there were people in it. 
Oh, wow. Um, like back a, a long time ago, probably 30 years ago. And it was the same gate and the oh. same setup and the same everything because the prison hasn't really changed that much over time. So I just walked in and I'm like, oh, man, I remember what this smells like when it's got 500 people in yeah. it. Yeah. And, and that was just a little weird. So what what did you think of the actual museum or it's, the actual display of it all? It, it's interesting. They have they have some displays of things like um, shanks and other weapons that people made in prison mm-hmm. out of the things that were available to them. There is a very moving uh, tribute to some of the fallen uh, guards who died um, oh, or people, oh. who, prison workers who died in the line of duty uh, for whatever reason. Um and uh, just some other kind of, it's just, it's just a really kind of sobering little trek through history. Do you think it gives people kind of a better glimpse into history when it's on site like this? A museum that's well, on site? I think so. And, and you can look out the window and sometimes um, it is, since it is attached to the working prison, you can see that mm-hmm. there are actually people in the prison yard mm-hmm. kind of on the other side. You're not really in any danger because there's a lot between you and them. But it, but again, it's the kind of thing where I think maybe it would be a great place to take your teenagers and say, you know what, this is what prison is like. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not like orange is the new black. It's not all dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about prison and I think you wrote this in your story that the justice system in prisons just interest people. And this is something I definitely want to go see. Yeah. And they said that they've gotten a lot of visitors from around the country. Uh, people who work in corrections want to come see it. And people who love the TV shows and crime stories want to come see it. And and it's just a, a really, it, there's not really a lot of opportunities uh, to get inside of, of, a, of a prison and see what it looks like. Definitely. Well, every time I read one of your stories, I learn something new, and I've learned a lot of new things this week. I've learned about the um, prison history in Jackson, Michigan, and I've also learned that Michigan's largest native fruit is the pawpaw, and I had the opportunity just a few minutes ago to try one, and I am a big fan. So what is a pawpaw exactly? A pawpaw is very much like a tropical fruit, but has adapted to northern climates. And it has been here for thousands of years uh, in Michigan, 26 states in the United States. Um, Some people have called the pawpaw the Michigan banana because it's kind of a tropical flavored sort of fruit. It's got a kind of a squishy middle. It's got a, a green skin and kind of a squishy middle. And it smells divine mm-hmm. uh, it smells like the tropical forest it's really really nice and and it's um it's just fun to eat it tastes good right you like it it? Da- it did taste good it ta- i just told you it tasted like some people have said it tastes like kiwi or mango i think it tastes like a custard on the inside of a donut is how i would best describe it and it's kind of got a custardy custardy texture and that is where you're gonna find um chefs using pawpaws a lot of the time they will take a pawpaw puree and use it um to put it in the baked goods like with a banana bread or a banana mm. muffin you would just put in pawpaw instead there is a pawpaw creme brulee uh, pawpaw cheesecake which i'm pretty I'm a, interested i love cheesecake <laughs> so that's got to be yummy <laughs> and i actually was thinking maybe i would try some pureed pawpaw and throw in some soy sauce and some nuts and maybe some onion and garlic and kind of serve that with chicken and see how that went as a side nice. as a kind of a sauce 
So you've had two, these are two pretty different subjects. You were working on prisons earlier this week and then later this week, you're now you're doing pawpaws. What made you want to write about pawpaws? Well, this is the pawpaw season right now. Okay. Um, and it's only two to three weeks long. So oh, we're kind of right in the middle of it. So it's like um, you need to know now. <laughs> right. You need to know now. Um, they sell them. They're having some uh, on Saturdays at the Meridian Farmer's Market. Uh, last week they sold out. So if you want one, you should probably go early. Uh, they also are sometimes in other markets around town, but you got to call and find out. And part of the reason why they're not widely available is because they are very delicate fruit and they're kind of hard to ship. Um, they just don't last that long when they're not refrigerated and they bruise easily. So the best thing to do is to find um, a local pawpaw and eat it as soon as you can. So you just got to call around and ask what stores have them. We don't really know exactly who has them right now. Well, I talked to Whole Foods in East Lansing and they had some, but they're out now. Okay. Um, Horrocks does not have them. So uh, farmer's markets are probably the best bet. Um, Earthy Delights, which is a gourmet food provider in Okemos, they sell them by mail. I don't know if you can walk in and buy them or not, but, but you can get like three pounds of them by mail. So... Well, awesome. I am excited to try some more of this. And I want to see if uh, if your recipe turns out well. <laughs> I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it this weekend. Well, in case you missed it, stink bugs are back and Kathleen knows what to do about them. If you see a stink bug in your house, Kathleen, what are you supposed to do? Well, first of all, do not smash it because <laughs> this is how they come by their name. They, they do not smell great at all. And also, they're kind of a large bug. They're about a half an inch long, and so they're a little bit messy when you smash them, so don't do that. Um, if you pick it up and throw it into a shallow bowl or pail of soapy water, uh, the soap will kind of keep it from getting out of the water, and it will drown. So that is probably the best way to get rid of them. Uh, some people, if they have a lot of them at once, will vacuum them up with the vacuum cleaner. Mm -hmm. But if they get smooshed on the way Ooh. in, then they're not going to smell. The vacuum is not going to smell good. So that's not the best idea. So where do they come from? Are there? Well, this is a this is actually a bug that is not native to Michigan. We oh. have our own stink bugs um, that are very similar to these, but they have uh, solid color antennas instead of striped antennas. Okay. And the these bugs come from Asia, and the the Michigan stink bugs don't want to come inside for the winter. They're fine staying outside, mm -hmm. but the Asian bugs, uh, like ladybugs, also do. They want to come in for the winter and find a place to shelter from the snow and cold. So they are crawling around under the eaves of your house and in the siding and in the roof and the attic, and they're looking for a spot to hang out. So the, I know there are other bugs that look like stink bugs. Is that the Michigan stink bug then? Are there the two similar stink bugs that look like each other? The Michigan stink bug is is mostly solid brown. The one that we are looking at that's trying to get into our houses is the brown marmorated stink bug. And okay. what marmorated means is it has little white stripes around the edge of its rear end and also white stripes on its antenna. So you are gonna that's how you're going to tell it from a, a Michigan stink bug. Um, these bugs are kind of a nuisance for homeowners, but in the future when there are more of them, because they are kind of populations getting bigger every year, they would pose a threat to garden and fruit crops too. So it's something we really have to keep an eye on. So Michigan stink bugs are really better than everybody else's stink bugs because ours don't like to come inside. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Well, if you have not read this story, I will put it on my podcast page. Make sure to check it out. It was actually a story we ran last week, but I am still seeing stink bugs everywhere, so I wanted to make sure we talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> well, and people are talking about it kind of all over southern Michigan right now, so they're they're out there. Do not step on them. <laughs> all right, before we let you go, let's get to some headlines you may have missed. 
Chicago developer has resubmitted plans to build a 12-story hotel and luxury apartments on an abandoned downtown block. The initial plans did not comply with the new city zoning code that required senior housing or condos be included in certain downtown developments. The updated site plan <clears throat> excuse me, still places a 12-story hotel and apartments on the corner of Abbott Road and Grand River Avenue at the current site of the abandoned Citizens Bank building. I think people in East Lansing are just waiting for something, anything to happen at that corner. That building has been so vacant for so long. It would really be nice to see something actually happen there. I agree. The creepy clown craze hit Michigan State University early Wednesday morning after a photo of a clown holding balloons outside the dormitory surfaced on social media. Students said a mob of clown hunters struck out to fight the makeup laden character but were unable to locate any clowns. I feel like I've missed the clown craze. What is going on with the clowns, Kathleen? The clowns are, you know, I think this started with a couple of creepy clown incidents in other states. Okay. And now people who are impressionable are seeing clowns everywhere. And in fact, one of the things my 14-year-old daughter was telling me last night is that uh, everyone says that clowns are expected to be present at East Lansing Homecoming uh, looking for kids. And I said, you know, how true do you think that really is? And she says, I don't know, Mom, but that's what everybody says. Uh, so I think that once the clown idea is in your head, you're just kind of seeing clowns everywhere, whether they're there or not. And everybody... Okay, and here's a question, too. Who really likes clowns? Yeah. Does anybody do that? Are they ever hired for birthday parties anymore? I don't, I don't know if I they're don't know. still around. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll tell you what. I would hate to be a real clown right now and have this bad clown rap yes, going on. Yes, that's mm -hmm. true. Poor clowns. Well, movie crews were in Mason this week shooting scenes for a film centered around the 1967 Detroit riots at the Ingham County Courthouse. The film has the working title of Untitled Detroit Project and is scheduled for release next year, coinciding with the 50th anniversary of the riots. Everybody gets excited when movie crews are in town. They do. And this is also a super interesting piece of Michigan history. Mm -hmm. I think um, I was a very small child at the time, but I do remember the kind of this pervading sense of fear and concern because nobody really knew what was going to be mm -hmm. happening and how it was going to end. And, and I think that um, it kind of set the scene for some of the next 40 years of the things that have happened in Detroit. So it'll be super interesting to see what they come up with here. I'm excited as well. The debut of Flower Child Bakery went about as well as it could this week. 300 bagels in 14 different flavors, 64 croissants, 16 strawberry and cream cheese pinwheels, 45 soft pretzels, 12 loaves of bread, and two dozen cinnamon and pecan rolls were sold out by 10.30 a.m. Tuesday morning at the new downtown Grand Ledge Bakery. Speaking of bakeries, the sweet success of Strange Matter Coffee Company has helped them outgrow their small shop. Strange Matter plans to move across the street in the East Town Flats on East Michigan Ave and also open a scratch bakery featuring donuts and other pastries. Okay, I think there's one simple moral to this story. Lansing needs baked goods and it needs them now. Yes, more the more the merrier. We have so many baked goods, but... Every time that a new one opens, I get really excited. Yep. And we, the kids and I always go try them too. Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to our Love Lansing podcast provided by the Lansing State Journal, part of the USA Today Network. Remember, all of the stories we talked about today can be found on my podcast page. I'll be here every week to fill you in on the most exciting news you might have missed. If you're feeling out of the loop, visit lsj.com slash lovelansingpodcast and let us fill you in. Mm.